Praise the Lord. That was a good worship. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. He is good. His mercy endures forever. Thank you. I'll just leave that down there in case I really need it. Psalm 136. Praise the Lord. He is good. His mercy, not mine, his, endures forever. I thought I'd just before I get into something a little bit further on, I wanted to just do a little bit of house cleaning, I call it. A little bit of a reminder. We are Christians. Uh, I was reading and I was looking at the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 13 says, Honor or ignore God's word and suffer. Or honor God's word and grow rich. And right away, you might think that that's talking about money. But that's not exactly what it's talking about. Honoring God's word means that we respect and have reverence for its authority. And growing rich, If you look in the definition of what that really means, it means that you are a friend of God. You are God's friend. And you will be rewarded for your obedience. It also means that you can escape the snares of death. It means that you can escape the temptations of Satan. And it also means that you can escape the snares of sin. And further on in Proverbs 13, verse 20, it says, in the, in the Message Bible, it says, hang out with fools. No, it doesn't say that. It says, hang out with the wise people and become wise. But hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. So the question it's asking us is, are our lives yielding happiness? Wisdom is actually living a life that yields happiness. And, well, it says there that if you hang out with fools, now, if somebody lets you down, yeah, if someone lets you down, How many people have been let down by people? It's not very nice, is it? But, you know, God will never let you down. And you see here, if I can turn this to the next photo, I don't know what's with that. Can you put on the next picture, please, Ben? Jesus never said, this is just a reminder, have faith in people, did he? Mark eleven twenty two. and we've talked about this a lot before, that Jesus said, have faith in God. People will let you down, but Jesus didn't say that. Have faith in God. Fall to pieces, and if your life falls to pieces, we know that that's not easy on you, and it's not easy on others. So this is just a little bit of a reminder of being a Christian.
about the Word of God, about the people that we choose to spend our time with, about the types of people that we do that with. In Isaiah 54, 7, God said, or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, they're all the same to me. I'm sure that most of us agree that the, and um, part of our church doctrine statement is that we believe in the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. In Isaiah 54, 11, he said, but a brief moment I abandon you, but with great compassion I will take you back. God is slow to anger and swift to show mercy. And it's not any merit of our own. Clearly, I've, that's the sobering part about it when you read it, and it goes, and this has nothing to do with you. It's all about me. Mercy, well, actually, grace for your future, mercy for your past. Grace for the future, mercy for the past. God is rich in mercy. His, his mercy is eternal. But that moment of anger, that was just a little thing compared to what his mercy is like. It's eternal. It's everlasting. Did you know God never used the same mercy twice? The Bible says, Scripture says, his mercies are new every morning. Ha, ha, ha. He never uses the same mercy. I can't keep going back to him and going, I need that mercy again. He's like, well, I've already got that covered. That was another day. Today is a different day. I'm going to give some new mercy for you. His mercies are new every morning because, you know, sometimes with me, I have to say, you know what? I'm about ready to show you some mercy. Now, you know, I want you to know I'm about ready to give you some mercy. God doesn't act like that. That's not his way. Scripture says that if you hang out with God, if you want to hang out with God, you need to love mercy. We just sang that song. That's why I chose that song. Thank you for playing that song. For he has shown the old man what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly, and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Romans 3.25 talks us and reminds us that we need to have faith in God and that leads us on to having faith in the blood of Jesus. So we use that as a foundational thing that when we are Christians, with faith in the blood of Jesus is the thing that distinguishes you from having a joyful life are having a life that is, well, it is what it is, but maybe God in his mercy might help you. But you have access to God through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. It says, did you know, we don't pay attention to our feelings and circumstances or what your family is saying about you or even what the devil is saying about you. We have, the, the word says that we live by faith. The, the just shall live by faith. Now, the question is this. If you have a purpose in your life that God gave you, do you think God's going to give you a purpose in your life that doesn't require any faith? 
if his whole idea was to live by faith, and my people will live by faith, and the just shall live by faith, faith in the blood of Jesus, faith in this, faith in that, faith in a lot of things, what makes us think that our purpose is going to be such that it's going to be spelled out for us and we won't have to have any faith? I don't believe it. Because the Bible says, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And it also says that it's impossible to please God without faith. It doesn't say that there's a small probability that you might not or you might. It says absolutely 100% impossible to please God without faith. And I know the thing that the devil wants to do most is to say, don't you believe that. Don't put your hope in that. Don't be stupid. Don't be foolish. Who goes by that? Can you see any results? And you can just keep saying, well, you know what? The word of God says, because I am a Christian, I, I honor the word, I respect its authority, I hang out with the wise people that help me and build me up. I know that God was angry at the time, but then he came back and I'm back with him. So it's absolutely impossible to live and please God without faith. And then the last thing I wanted to remind us of is Ezekiel 36. In the New Living Translation, it says, I will make you even more prosperous than you were before. It's talking to the land. Then you know that I am the Lord. And in the Message Bible, it says, My people are coming home. Do you see? I'm back again. I'm on your side. I'll treat you better than I ever have. And you will realize that I am God. And you say to yourself, what does better than I ever have really mean? If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, how can he one day treat us a certain way and then the next day treat us better? Because the fulfilled spiritual blessings are ours now because Jesus came. That's what makes everything better. The blessings of God on the earth are full of abundance. But they're just a shadow and a type of the higher blessings that are ours in Christ. One, the earthly is, is temporal at best, as Pastor Ivan used to say. Everything's temporary at best here. But the eternal kingdom is the messianic kingdom that is now activated and now is applied to your life. So... Why am I telling you all this? And why do I think there's a bit of a problem? You know, the Bible says that Apostle Paul, he, he sowed in tears and humility. And, but the Bible also says in Psalm 30, it says, weeping lasts for a night. But joy comes in the morning. And everybody knows about the tears. But I don't believe that everybody knows about joy. 
There was a study that was done on the word joy, and the Hebrew word that appears the most in the Old Testament is the word simchal. And it has a root word that is called salmak. And what it, which it means to illuminate. Which means that God hovered over the darkness in the beginning and laughed the darkness away with joyful illumination. That's the way you can look at it. This was not a very depressing day. God laughed the darkness away. Ha, ha, ha. Let there be light. You know, you don't have to chase the cockroaches off. All you got to do is turn the light on. And they're scattered. They take off. Turn on the light of the gospel. First thing, people said, I need more power. But the Bible says that the power of God is the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm not ashamed, is the power of God. So you don't need more power. You need more gospel. Turn the light on. Now, so the scripture that I have chosen for today is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 47. Now, I'd like to really kind of focus here for a minute here. Because you served not the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness. Now, this is what God said, not me. How many all believe God? How many believe the Bible? Because you serve without joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. First thing we got to do, you got to realize that we're in some pretty good times here today. In this country, in this life right now, even if we have a few problems, we are in the time of abundance. Now, God not only wants us to serve but according to this scripture, he wants us to get the sad look off your face. I heard about a pastor who was running around for three months and his tires were falling off his car. He didn't have rent. He had nothing. And he's going, Lord, I'm serving you. He goes, yeah, but you're obedient, but you're not very willing. You know, Isaiah chapter 1 says... If thou be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Now, you say, well, what's the difference between willing and obedient? So, how many of y'all got kids? So if I tell my kid, can you do the dishes? And they go, yeah. <laughs> I was talking about the other one that actually Ha, ha, ha. But willing is not going, oh, I'm sure I'll come and do the dishes for you. Yeah, they let you know by their face. They let you know by their actions that they're not very happy about it. Now, question is, how many of us are happy with serving? Serving God in joyfulness and gladness. Are you happy with it? It's hard work. All right? There's people that are like you and me. 
It's hard work. I remember there was, I wanted to share this with you. I knew the guys would like this anyway. Some girls like this too. I was, um, I actually wanted to remind you that the Bible says that the Spirit of God is the oil of joy. And uh, one day I blew a hole in one in my um, power steering fluid pipe. Very unusual place that the hole happened. So I'm thinking it was the Holy Ghost that did it, so I would just get this lesson. Because the mechanic said, I don't know how that hole got there. It was totally protected from everything, and it looked like someone just popped a hole in it. But the problem was is that I put oil in it, and then the car would drive great for about an hour. And I'd stop the car and measure my job, get back in my car, and the next thing you know, there was no oil. So I had to stop and buy this, this um, power steering oil and keep putting it back in every time I wanted to make a move with the car. And, the, and it was getting to be the point where I started realizing that if I don't have that oil in there, this car is not going to work very well. And then the Holy Spirit says to me like this, you're all a bunch of really beautiful sports cars to me. Even beyond your value is, is, is beyond understanding. Matter of fact, you were purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Priceless blood of Jesus Christ. Which is far greater than all the silver and gold put in the world together. But... If you don't get an oil change, your car is not going to run. You got to change the oil in the motor. You got to put the oil in the power steering fluid. You got to put the oil in the brakes. Because with, and what else? There you go. You, you just need a lot of oil. And Christians cannot be happy, joyful Christians without the oil of the Holy Spirit. It's not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Even though we were said that we have the reverence and the honor for the authority of the Word of God in the beginning. Gladness changes your continence. You know, like we said, serving is hard work and some of us look like it is hard work. Well... There's sacrifice, like we said. But you got to look at somebody and say, hey, you want your face to get stuck like that? You know? you got to get some joy in you. Changes your continence, it says in Psalms. Matter of fact, like I said before, one of my favorite scriptures is Acts 26. Paul, Apostle Paul, is before King Agrippa, and now he's been beaten five times with 39 lashes, He's been shipwrecked four times. He spent a night and a day out at sea, in the open sea. He's got the entire Roman army chasing him. He's got the Jews chasing him. He's got the Gentiles chasing him. He has 40 men that are fasting who made an oath that they're not going to stop fasting until they kill him. And also he's been stoned, dragged out of the city, stoned to death. They were sure that he was dead. Then he got back up. And then at one point, Paul says, and all men have forsaken me. 
And here he is in Acts chapter 26, two to three years before he's going to be on his way to be executed. He says to King Agrippa, I think myself a happy man. Obviously, what we think has a lot more to do with who we are than we think about. <laughs> do you get it? You got to think what you're thinking is dictating who you are. Can you imagine? I'm on my way. I know the Holy Spirit told him that he's going to be executed. He said, you're never leaving this place. And he said, I'm a happy man. Now, I think that if you took all of our problems together and put them up against Apostle Paul's, we probably have no case still. Especially in the time of abundance. Because thou serve me not with joy and gladness. You know, you can get happy in the same britches you got mad in. It's okay to get angry. Matter of fact, some of the prophets got angry. Matter of fact, Jesus got angry, didn't he? Started throwing things around in the temple. Threw the table around. Overturned the table. He started throwing things everywhere. He got angry. It says, get angry, but don't sin not. You know? Get angry, don't sin. But you still need to go ahead and get happy about it because a lot of us are obedient, but not everybody is willing. I don't think people have problems with obedience. But God wants something inside you, deep down inside you. Serve him with a joyful heart, with the gladness. He's looking at that. He doesn't want to just go through the motions. You know, when, when, when Jesus went up to heaven after he came back from the dead, do you know that God gave him a present? Can anybody guess what that present was? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9. And God anointed Jesus with the oil of joy above everybody else in the universe. Jesus is a very, 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 very joyful man. And if you can't be happy for what God's done in your life here and right now, at least be happy for Jesus' joy. Because he's the example. He's the example of joy. God anointed him above anybody else. The scripture says, my heart is full of joy and the joy of the Lord is my strength. You wouldn't think your strength is related to your joy. You know, are you feeling weak? You feeling like you don't have enough in you? You got to get a little bit more oil of joy in you. Even if you have to claim it, you got to claim your blessings. The blessings of Abraham are yours. The Bible clearly says that we're the children of Abraham and basically all the blessings that God promised to the great patriarch Abraham belong to us. Actually, he even wanted to give them to the Israelites, but they didn't receive him because, you remember, they didn't have the faith. They didn't apply the faith with it. They had the very same word that we have. The only difference is Paul teaches us that they didn't apply faith with the word. Claim the blessings of Abraham. Claim your joy. 
Psalm 1611, in his presence is fullness of joy. The Bible says God sits in heaven and laughs. Can you imagine? God knows everything in the world. Can you imagine what his gossip column would be like? He'd be going, oh, what a bunch of miserable things going on down there. Doesn't say that, though. And his presence is fullness of joy. You can't get a sad Holy Ghost or a depressed Holy Ghost or a disturbed Holy Ghost. You know the seven words that God said, that God never said? Seven words God never said. Uh Uh-oh, I didn't see that coming. God is not surprised by anything. The Holy Spirit is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you, dwells in you forever, and that spirit brings joy. So now if you, my question is this. Can we start seeing the distinction between an unjoyful Christian and a joyful Christian? Who is influencing that Christian if he's unjoyful? Himself, the flesh, the devil. And if he's joyful, well, what he's thinking about, himself, his flesh, because it's been crucified with Christ, and Jesus. Two different scenarios. I don't have a problem with my flesh because it says, Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live through the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For me. Kingdom, uh, what about this one? Turn your mind. Oh yeah, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Why is it all, why is this, what is this all about? Well, people in the world don't have much joy. And you would think that it would be the, like the really rich people that would be the happiest and most joyful. But I remember reading that Arnold Schwarzenegger said, I have $50 million and I was just as happy when I had $48 million. So we know that money can't buy you happiness. Or you might think it's the most educated. You know, I have a friend who has his doctorate in theology. I don't think he's like the happiest, joyful person I ever met. Or you might think it's the pretty people. Hmm. Don't look at anybody right now, but Hollywood said, you got to be good looking to be happy. Huh? I can report to you been a lot of Botox operations and the happiness hasn't increased. True happiness, well, doesn't come from your body. Real happiness comes from knowing Jesus. And the Bible says, a merry heart is good medicine. 
Some people just need to take some medicine. Actually, even the Bible even says, rejoice with the wife of your youth. God even wants us to have some fun in our marriage. So you got to go out and find something interesting to do, some fun stuff, something that's joyful and enjoy it. You're supposed to enjoy life and the blessings of God with your wife of your youth. Be joyful. Point is, is that we're supposed to serve the Lord with gladness. That's why I say, some can say, I think the point is, serve the Lord with gladness. Matter of fact, Jesus said, if you're saved, if you're saved, rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Don't be happy about the spirits running from you. That's not a big deal. How many things can we get down on ourselves about? Well, Jesus knew that, and that's why he said, huh, rejoice. Because your name is written in heaven. We should, be basic. we should really be the happiest people here, here today. Would it be like the meeting of the glad people? The gospel is glad tidings. That's what the word gospel means. Something that is good news. Makes you feel good. It's glad tidings. Maybe you need to say it. Say the gospel. But in ministry, you know, we know that you can't control everybody. How many of y'all married? Have kids, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But the best type of control in Christian life is self-control. You can control yourself. The, sad, the preacher was sad because he was trying to control everybody else. You can't do it. What God says, I would appreciate it if you control yourself. So many sad situations, like Adaya said on the news, we don't even need to watch the news. There's enough real problems going on in my own life as it is. Who needs to watch the news? You know, Luke 4.13, and it says, and the devil looked for the next opportunity after he finished tempting Jesus. He looked for the next opportunity. So don't get preoccupied too much with this, with this life. You know, seeking a relationship with God, that's where your joy is. That's where true wealth is. Luke 12, 2 says, But God said to him, You fool, you will die this very night. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth and not have a rich relationship with God. And God said to him, You fool, you will die this night. Jesus said, Luke 12, 31, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you'll have everything you need. 
Our other version says all these things will be added to you. People go, I don't know what's going on in my life. I have so many problems. And I say, do you seek God first? Are you seeking your own wisdom or your own understanding? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You can do it. Satan will try to keep you from God's presence. Devil, look for the next opportunity. But John 20, 17, God is your God. And Jesus said to them, don't cling to me. I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father, to my God, and to your God. How beautiful that God himself would reassure us that everything is okay. He is our God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And John 20, chapter, chapter 20, verse 30. I love this scripture. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe. The biggest warning, I said this before, the biggest concern of Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, Apostle James, was that everybody was going to turn from their faith. And they weren't going to continue. It's up to you. And that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Mark 16, 6, the angel said, "Ah, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Your confession activates your identity. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Last thing, John 21, Jesus, the words of Jesus are found. 
And Jesus told him, follow me. And Peter turned around and said, well, what about him? Jesus turned and said, as for you, follow me. So praise the Lord. He is good. His mercy endures forever. He's given us his word. He's given us his son. He's given us life eternal. The resurrection from the dead is ours. The blessings of Abraham are ours. The joy of the Lord is ours. Our Lord was anointed with so much joy more than anybody else in the whole universe that we know of. And now I understand that they understand that there's more than our universe. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that none of, but nobody in those other universes have the joy of Jesus. Nobody does. And we are his body, so shouldn't we be joyful? If we're his body. You know, I like what they said about the folded cloth because they said that that was Jesus' part, the head. But the body, yeah, it's a big mess. It's not done yet. But we can focus and, and claim some of the goodness of God. Let's react that way. I've said to the, to the worship team that I'm part of, the, I love being part of, with God, we should have positive expectations. Because he said in Numbers chapter 6, and like Zorza read this to us, that the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And God said, because you put my name on them, I will do it. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face to you and give you peace and joy. Because this kingdom is not what you eat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's a different kind of joy. It belongs to us as Christians. And it comes from Jesus himself. So the Lord bless us.